Known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. It is high noon on this beautiful September 27th. It's been a little warm lately, but I think last week we began to feel uh, the fall-like kind of vibe and temperatures kind of kicking in. So it's uh, certainly my favorite time of the year, just uh, this whole fall season leading into, you know, All Saints Day, All Souls Day and Thanksgiving and Advent and Christmas. And it's just, it's just so awesome. Uh, glad you're with us. And uh, we're going to be half live, half not live. Dead? What's, what's, <laughs> not, not dead. <laughs> not going to be dead. Uh, but what happened is uh, this is the fourth Monday of the month. And so we always do our University of Dallas segment. Uh, Father Dr. Jonathan Sanford, the president of UD, comes in. Every now and then, schedule requires that he pre-record it. And so he came in the other day and recorded his segment of the interview uh, of, of the show. And I, I haven't heard it yet. I think Jim Maroney was his guest. Diane, didn't yes. you, you ran that, didn't you? Yes, Jim Maroney. He's former publisher and CEO, I believe, of the Dallas Morning News. Yeah. And he... I think he's in charge of the Institute of Homiletics. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the there's, that, there's the actually Dallas. a lady who was hired that is coming down from, I think, South Bend, Indiana, who's uh, uh, Carla Bellinger, who we are going to interview soon. But I, but uh, Jim Roney is involved in it somehow. He's one of the principal guys in it. But anyways, that's what that's going to be about. And uh, we also have coming up here in about five minutes, uh, eight minutes, in, in fact, uh, Father Alphonse Nazaro, the pastor of... Not uh, not All Saints Parish. Uh, that's what you were thinking, and not uh, he's he's actually the new pastor of Mary Immaculate Parish in Farmers Branch because they had a little you know switcheroo Shuffle. and yeah, shuffling the the priests around a little bit as is typical back in June. Uh, I think the the assignments began in July, so he's going to talk to us about uh, his parish, uh, a little bit about himself. He has an interesting kind of journey. Uh, as a priest, uh, now the new pastor at Mary Immaculate Parish. And they've got a carnival coming up uh, this Saturday. We're going to be there. We, I put in air quotes, we as in Cecil and Rowena, right? No, oh, so no, am I? Am I, yeah, I, think, I think it is you, Dave. I was okay. going to say, I, I actually was going to talk to you. I was like, I think I actually can't make it, so oh, that'd be okay. bad. Okay, okay, all right. We're going to work Sorry. that one out. We're, we're going to be there. Somebody's going to be there. Diane, we will be there. Diane, you're going to be there. Oh, all right, uh, and we, speaking of uh, live remotes, uh, we just finished one, and that's probably why my head's a little fuzzy, <laughs> is, gosh, at 11 o'clock this morning, we finished a two-hour live remote over at the Bishop's Invitational Golf Tournament benefiting Catholic schools in the Diocese of Dallas. And wow, what a, what a lineup of guests. It was uh, fantastic. Two-hour two period, huh? Oh my gosh, they were all so good. After you came, and they just all were, spoke so beautifully. 
about their involvement and their excitement for Catholic uh, schools. I was just sitting there listening it, enjoying it. I did start the broadcast off amazingly well yeah. by saying good afternoon. I should have let you start this show because just then said, I could have said good morning. No, <laughs> no yeah, yeah, the good afternoon would have been more appropriate. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, you could have kept the kept up. Yeah, kept I could have kept pace. Going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's all right. I mean, it was really funny. Yeah, I was, was so confident somewhere. going into that, and I was like, good afternoon. No, nope. yeah. And when the first words out of your mouth. Or like a, a fail, then it's, it's you just. I wanted to burst into laughter, but I tried to save face. Doctor Vicky was very kind, and yeah, but you <laughs> re, you recovered. I yeah. did, I did. Yeah, so thanks for doing that. Diane, of course, was on asking some probing questions in the first yes. fifteen minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks for that. We had Bishop Burns on, and Bishop Kelly, uh, Bill Keffler, the COO, uh, the head of schools, Matthew Vicky. I mean, it was uh, quite a lineup. So thanks awesome. to to Brianna um, for uh, Brianna Ru. Uh, Louisy is her Louis name, C, yes, Louis and C. she was the one that lined up all the guests and really made it easy on us. So thanks uh, so much. All right, as far as uh, live remote broadcasts, we do have one this Saturday from Mary Macklett. Mm-hmm. As you can tell, a little bit of uncertainty about exactly who's going to be there, but by golly, somebody's going to be there. Do we? Do we? Do we, and we don't. The time we're still kind of fuzzy on that. Too. <laughs> I think it's at noon. I'm pretty okay. sure it's at noon or one. It's around that time all because right. the, we're our. K. John is doing a, a Spanish broadcast, so I just need to double check and make sure ours is like an hour after yeah. theirs. Well, well, and Cecil, if you do it, then you can start off by saying good afternoon. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you I sure th- you don't want to go? Ah, I mean, come you know, on. This is your opportunity to it redeem is my opportunity. yourself. Yeah, but let's be real. I, I'm just going to mess up again another time. You'll say good morning. <laughs> I'll say good morning. <laughs> I, I'm resigned to that fact. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. If that's if that's the way it is. Uh, all right. So next, okay, th- this Saturday, which is uh, October 2nd, we will be at Mary Macklet. I think it's in the early afternoon hours. The following Saturday, <clears throat> this is one that's been in plans for, for many, many months. In fact, I think they contacted us about six months ago. St. Catherine of Siena is having their Autumn Fest, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to be October 9th. And we are definitely going to be broadcasting from 9 to 11. Uh, and that one uh, that, will be Rowena. That and I. will be Rowena in Sicil. <laughs> yes. I will have nothing to do with that one, other than just praying fervently for a, for a great one. And then uh, we're also going to be out at uh, St. Joseph in Richardson, and we're in talks with St. Elizabeth Keller. I think that same day on the ninth, we're going to do that. That is not etched in stone. It's probably going to be the later afternoon hours, uh, maybe three or four o'clock or so. So, anyways, we're we're trying to work that out. And uh, also, big news, we've got the 15th anniversary uh, broadcast uh, that's going to be Friday, October 8th from 5 to 7 p.m. Okay. And I will be here. <laughs> gonna be, uh, Diane will yes. be running the board. Cecil and I are going to be on the air. And here's how uh, you, dear listener, can be involved is we want you to call in and just give your favorite memory uh, of Catholic Radio the first 15 years, something you've learned, some way it's inspired you, some way you've been blessed by Catholic Radio for 15 years now. And we have incentive because we were able to purchase from Sacred Heart Books in Dallas these two, approximately two-foot statues of Our Lady Guadalupe. Really nice. And... Um, is that the Our Lady Guadalupe music? Yeah, or, that's uh, the Our Lady Guadalupe music. Definitely okay. not my phone going off or whatever. My my volume button broke okay. on my phone, so I can't turn it off. It's kind of like right on cue. It was, it, nice. was, it was. It was just a little jingle just for Are Our Lady Guadalupe. Are you do that again yeah. if I say Our Lady Guadalupe? Let's or? try. Let's try. Okay. And we have these uh, statues of Our Lady Guadalupe. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's cool. Uh, so, okay, so here's the deal. On Friday, October 8th, which is a week from this Friday, 5 to 7 p.m., when you normally would be listening to Catholic Answers Live. We're going to open up the phone lines. We're going to have a few pre-recorded interviews. 
Anybody who calls in during those two hours, each hour is going to have a chance to win uh, this really cool uh, statue of Our Lady Guadalupe, which was blessed today by Bishop Burns. Very exciting. Yeah, actually, we rode a little oh, cart. <laughs> you rode a golf cart. A golf cart uh, to my car. It was so nice because this is his event. This is the you know mm-hmm. the, the big thing, and he was willing to to go out to the car. I lifted up, you know, I opened the trunk, and he and he blessed it. I got pictures for proof, and so it's a blessed statue of Our Lady Guadalupe on. You know, Guadalupe Radio Network, and so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's, it's going to be exciting. really exciting. So be sure to make plans to call in and share a little testimony about how Catholic Radio has, you know, changed your life or mm-hmm. in some way. And you could, they're very beautiful statues, yeah. Dave. Yeah. Yeah. One is uh, colored and one is more, how, how would muted. you describe it? Well, yeah, it's, muted. It's, it's just like, I guess, the color of the... What's the medium I'm thinking of the kinda, of the stone? I guess you could say yeah, kind of pewter is it, yeah. That probably makes more sense. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's a word that comes to my mind. Uh, all right, so that's uh, coming up next Friday, and you'll hear a lot of promotion for it. There's always something, you know. We've always got something big that we're planning, and so uh, help us celebrate 15 years of Catholic Radio here on KTH, also in Spanish, uh, 8:50 a.m. And uh, let's see what else. Anything else in the works or? Big uh, news. We finished, of course, the, the Sherathon a couple of weeks ago. Yes, we did. This Friday, uh, Herschel Walker is speaking at the oh, yeah. Mid-Cities Women's oh, yeah. Pro-Life Dinner, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, going to be there. You too, Diane? Yes, I am. Sissel? No? <laughs> that's no but way to put me on the there. spot. Man, I was going to be sleeping. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So that's going to be this Friday. I, the last email I got, they may have a few tickets still remaining. Uh, it's a Mid-Cities Pregnancy Center, and Herschel Walker, of course, Heisman Trophy winner, played for Georgia, played for the Cowboys, uh, and now running for uh, Senate in the state of Georgia. Although yeah. I'm sure they're not going to talk about that too much. Probably it's not. Not a, not a political event. I'm going to be going to a, I think, a happy hour that Prince of Peace Plano is putting on for young adults on Thursday. Oh, okay. Okay. I, oh, on Thursday. On Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Because this event's Friday. I know. Oh, okay. You're I'm just, just saying still be I'm kinda... doing an event. I just <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. that you all are not going to. I was going to say, that's a long event if you're still going to be doing that uh, the oh, next day. Oh, that'd be concerning. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey. You know, you can't do everything. That's one, that's one thing I've learned about Catholic Radio is you, you get, cannot. There's always there's so many good events going on. So much going on. And to be honest with you, I was invited. I, I probably would not have been able to afford a ticket like, you know, Moneybags Diane here no, no, no. gets her own ticket. Uh, that's only because sports, I, I'm an avid sports fan, and I'd, if I take pilgrimage, it's going to be in North Texas sports. Oh, yeah? Sporting oh. events. That'd or, be a, would uh, that be a pilgrimage? Not like, a, well, for me, I, a little... I barely take vacation anywhere, but I just love to be around sporting events. And this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to event attend these, um, you know, yeah. not just these athletes that have huge influence. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it was so cool a few weeks ago when Diane was able to attend the Catholic Bowl where four Catholic high school football teams played out at the Star in Frisco. And uh, they, they were, I wasn't there, but just great games. And so to see the combination, not only that day of football and faith, mm-hmm. but also patriotism and, uh, you know, Catholic schools, it was really neat. Uh, John Paul II in Plano and also Nolan in Fort Worth were uh, participating uh, that day. So I, I think uh, we have Father Alphonse Nazaro on the line with us. And don't forget, uh, in the second half of the show here at the bottom of the hour, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to have the usual University of Dallas segment, uh, which we always have on the fourth Monday of the month. And Dr. Jonathan Sanford will be talking to Jim Maroney about the 
um, homiletics uh, program that they're they're starting up. So are we good to go? Uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got Father on. Okay. All right. Uh, Father Alphonse Nazaro, the newly appointed pastor of Mary Immaculate Parish in Farmers Branch. I think he's on with us. Uh, Father, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. Good to hear from you. Yeah, good to hear from you. Uh, congratulations on your new assignment. Is that what you say when you get a new assignment? Or uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's a big parish. It's uh, how's it going over there so far? It, uh, I mean, you left a big parish for another big parish, so uh, uh, interesting assignment. But how's 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 your first couple months here so far going? Well, uh, yeah, definitely. You always say congratulations, right? Yeah, <laughs> you have to. You have to, uh, and that's always the nicest thing you can say to a priest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was but, surprised. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, when one uh, this this uh, going around, we had two priests that retired: um, Father Henry Petter, Monsignor Henry Petter, and um, uh, Father Tom Cordy. So uh, that opens up a can of worms, and people have to move, and uh, it, it creates a domino effect. So one, if you move to one place, it opens up another place. So Father Michael Forge had been at Mary Macbeth for 13 years, and definitely, um, I think, um, uh, usually you, you stay for 12 years uh, in a particular place, uh, six years, and then you do another six years. So uh, he moved over to Prince of Peace, and then I uh, came over to Mary Immaculate. And Father Javita, who was the pastoral assistant, he took my place and became the pastoral administrator over at All Saints. Yeah. I can see the the reasoning, because, you know, a parish is more than the pastor, and you don't want people to get too attached to a man, because it's, you know, it's, we all, everything comes and goes, but at the same time, it's got to be tough uh, to leave a community that you've really come to know, and the school community at All Saints, is that, uh, then of course you're meeting a whole lot of new people at the new parish, but how is that transition for you and other priests? What is it like? Well, you know, uh, during the seminary days, they always remind us that we we own nothing, we possess nothing, and um, and that's always a good reminder because you really want to uh, be at the disposition of the the bishop and to be able to uh, help him uh, in fulfilling his ministry in the diocese. So <clears throat> it is. It is a little, it, it's challenging, but I've, I've learned to travel light and be prepared to move. And, uh, you know, it, it's difficult saying goodbye. You never see that in the promotional videos for the priesthood, right? Yes. Um, you know, it, it isn't an easy thing. You, you develop great friendships. You get to know your, uh, the people in your community. You rely on them. Uh, they come to support you and they encourage you. And um, it's just one of many challenges when you have to begin again. And uh, but it's another opportunity, to, an opportunity to grow, and personally, and also to be able to take what you possess and be able to apply it uh, to the needs of uh, the church. So uh, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'm, I, I feel like I'm beginning to settle in at Mary Macklin. It's a wonderful community, very diverse uh, community, and uh, I definitely have a, a chance to practice my Spanish 
and the people are extremely patient with me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were just out at the Bishop's Invitational, uh, the, the golf tournament, uh, benefiting Catholic schools, and uh, got to talk to Father Martin Castaneda up at St. Mary's in Sherman, and of course they've got a school there. And you now are at uh, your second, in fact, I think you were at St. Monica for a while, so you've really been uh, at parishes with big schools, and uh, how yeah. does that change the dynamic <laughs> Uh, I would think mostly in a very positive way to have a school attached to your parish. Oh, absolutely! I I am so thankful that the bishop uh, always, um, when he when he considers a position for me, he always takes into account uh, a school, a diocesan school. So I um, I I really appreciate the opportunity to serve not only uh, the community but also the school community, and it is. Um, you know, I consider schools to be uh, a tremendous asset to our church and evangelization. There are very few ministries in the church that allow you to have someone for six, seven hours a day, yeah. five days a week, where you can form the heart, you know, teach the soul, and uh, educate the mind, right? Yes. So uh, there are very few ministries that we have where we have such tremendous access to someone, and I think these, and, and Mary Immaculate has been around for over 60 years, and we have educated thousands and thousands of children uh, through that school, and they have come back, and they have uh, become uh, uh, members of our parish. They've brought their children, they've brought their grandchildren, and it really is, uh, th th it's a unique community uh, for being so, uh, for a school that has such a rich history. Yeah, you know, when you talk about the school and the amount of time that, you know, the, the teachers and the principal uh, are able to spend informing these, these children, it, it brings the question to mind about parish life because, of course, for your average parishioner, you may have 15 minutes uh, at most to speak to them. That's uh, assuming they show up to Mass, which we pray they will. Um, so what, what, do you, what would you say is the role of parish life in the overall formation of a person, and how do you try to maximize that at a parish like Mary Immaculate? Uh, when, you know, some people may be there once a week, some people are very involved, you've got such a variety of people and how involved they are in the parish. Right, you know, the thing is with the school is that it's the beginning of their formation years, and so we're thrilled that we're, that parents trust and uh, contribute to the education formation of their children. So even, you know, if you think of a parish is like a family, right? So the parish is like the parents, and the parents have their children so much more uh, when they're younger than as they get older. But you hope that what you taught them as they were younger uh, continues to mature and to grow, and they're able to repeat the same thing that they learned when they were growing up. So uh, at the parish, you know, it's uh, an opportunity as they get older to help them to grow in their faith, to overcome the obstacles that they may face on a, on a daily, weekly basis, and to remind them that they form part of a, a bigger community that's not just on earth but in, in heaven. So uh, the parish, you know, we're, we're uh, with, through all the various ministries that we have, the moms groups, the dads groups, the, the RE, the religious education, all these things help a young person 
and an older person to continue to grow and to develop uh, the faith that they th- that first began in them uh, through baptism. Father Alphonse Nazaro, the pastor of Mary Macleod Parish, joining us here on the Good News Show. And uh, the primary topic uh, we wanted to talk about is the upcoming Fall Festival and Market, which is coming up this Saturday, October 2nd, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. <clears throat> and, you know, Cecil and I and uh, Diane have been to many of these festivals, and I just absolutely love them. I think it's so good for the community. And I'm, I'm on the website looking at uh, this one, Father, and it looks very unique. And so I know this is probably <laughs> your first, perhaps your first time you've been at the Mary Macleod Fall Festival. I'm not sure, but uh, what can you it tell is. us about it? it? And I know it's for people outside, even the parish, but uh, what's going to be going on Saturday? Well, we kick off, we kick off with uh, the traditional blessing of the animals at 9.30, since uh, October 2nd is the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. And then uh, at 11 a.m., the market vendors open both outside and inside the parish hall for shopping, right? So people that come from all over the community get a chance to take a look at some of the good things that uh, almost like a bazaar type uh, sale. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of food. Uh, when we, and this year we have food trucks, including Chula's Mexican food, um, Nuni's uh, barbecue, Kona snow cones, and uh, something called a taste of paradise for island-style cuisine. Mm. So <laughs> we have the traditional parish food that is like um, turkey, turkey legs, and and stuff. But uh, the food trucks really help to bring in um, uh, people from all over uh, the area and just uh, um, interesting styles of food. Um, so, you know, the one thing that's kind of unique here at Mary Immaculate is that we have this thing called the axe throw. So that will be <laughs> fun. You know, I know some, some, fam- some families have been watching uh, this show on Netflix called, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Virgin River, something like that. Okay. So it's got, they say, oh, Father, you got to see it. it's got beautiful sceneries and mountains and and someone told me that there was this one scene where there was this axe throwing competition. So uh, I think this is going to be exciting, and I definitely am going to participate in that. It's going to bring out the the more medieval aspect of me. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a trend going on. Uh, Cecil, weren't we at a festival at St. Jude and Allen yes, where they had, they an, had ad- an axe, axe throw? throwing? It was it was inflatable axes, okay. uh, safe axes for because <laughs> uh, I think it was more of a kids' game that one. But okay. yes, they are these did. like real axes, Father? Or what? Uh, I, 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 this is kind of a new concept to me. This whole axe throw thing. Well, I was hoping it was real axes. I they may, very well maybe this one was just been the kids, you know, uh, section of the carnival. But yeah, it is a very popular trend right now. People go to it on dates and all sorts of things and just throw yeah. axe at uh, Target, which sounds quite fun. My, my daughter went to a birthday party one time. I think she was like a, like 11 years old mm-hmm. and it was at this place they had axe throwing. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, I hope people have good aim because my daughter's here. But that, that sounds well, fun. So, go ahead, Father. It, it, it is. Well, I mean, I, it just reminded me of this 4-H uh, carnival I went to many, many years ago where they had this um, uh, this um, this pole this wooden pole that was greased with uh, lard, and people had to try to reach the top of the pole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
I'd have my video rolling on that one if uh yeah, well you know oh, the yeah. Saint Anne no Saint Anne's Festival had a had a bull riding thing and <laughs> oh. Thistle knows that firsthand, right? Yes. I conquered the bull for about a minute and a half before I was tossed very uh, unceremoniously onto the ground. <laughs> Uh, Father, I got a minute and a half. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. I think the driver was quite distracted, so I think that's how I managed to stay on that long. <laughs> so uh, th- this sounds like so much fun. Uh, I got to ask you, Father, the, uh, the 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 blessing of the animals. Of course, you're going to have dogs and cats and bunnies and all mm-hmm. that. I bet you, in your your time of being a priest, you've blessed some interesting animals. Anything come to mind as far as just somebody like, oh, okay, I, I guess I can bless the tarantula right. or what have you? People bring all kinds of pets, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, reptiles of all sorts. I don't even know some of the names of them, uh, but uh, lizards. And uh, But I have blessed a horse, which, <laughs> uh, you know, isn't too strange being in Texas, right? Right, right. <laughs> but for me, for me, it was uh, the first time I, I think here in Dallas was the first time I ever blessed a horse. Um, but, uh, yeah, just r- reptiles, all sorts of reptiles. Turtles uh, definitely are uh, another interesting um animal that i've blessed but uh um yeah people are welcome to bring all their animals that they have and that's and, uh, uh hopefully hopefully we'll, we'll see some more interesting types <laughs> and i see that there's pony rides there's petting zoo so these should probably all be blessed ponies and and i'm sure the animals at the petting zoo will get a a blessing uh, as well you know, as you bless all the other animals so that 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 make it even oh, more yeah. better uh so is this kind of like a, my, to, i'll bring my squirt gun so i can <laughs> throw more holy water does uh is this kind of like uh something that the whole city comes out for do you, is it like a a community event uh, a lot of people outside the parish that come to this each year or is that what is that i, I know you're you're new to the parish but is that kind of how it, it it works uh a lot of folks yeah, come out you know in the last couple of years because of covid you know we um Last year was very, uh, it wasn't as big of an event as we'd like it to be. And carnivals are an important part of fundraising for parishes because it really does uh, help the bottom line. And this year, um, no different. So uh, we get people from all over. Uh, th- this year, I'm hoping that we have a, a tremendous turnout because people are just wanting to get out into the open and socialize with their friends. But one of the things that I've noticed as a priest is you can get some incredible deals in the auction, live auction items. I mean, sometimes you can find trips that are super cheap and you would spend much more money uh, if you organized it yourself. But sometimes these auctions really bring great prices and great opportunities uh, for people to, uh, to to get a good deal on something. So we're going to have our auction. We're going to have our auction items. And, um, you know, I think, I think other than uh, the fun that you'll have that, that, that day, you'll be able to choose from quite a few silent auction items. All right. It's the Festival and Market this Saturday, October 2nd, 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. with the Blessing of the Animals uh, coming before that, as Father mentioned. And uh, mm-hmm. food trucks, raffle, online uh, basket auction. Okay. I thought it said, does that oh, say? I almost forgot. I, okay. I almost <laughs> forgot. Sorry, Dave. I almost forgot the live entertainment. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I've been getting I'm getting messages here on my, <laughs> my phone telling me, don't forget the live, you know, we have the sidekick karate group, uh, 
the francophone, the French children's dance, the uh, mariachi bands, matachinas, you know, uh, just tremendous groups that will be giving, uh, bringing some entertainment to the, to the day. All right. Uh, any of the other texts you're getting or things you got to remember? Or <laughs> it's, good no, to, it. it's good to have friends, that's isn't it? it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that uh, we got lots of people listening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, <laughs> I get the same thing. My phone sometimes blows up and, you know, hey, say this, <laughs> say that. Uh, technology is so awesome. Uh, Father, uh, we just have a couple minutes remaining. What else uh, would you like to tell us about the parish now that, that you're new, of course? Uh, um, anything else going on this year, the remainder of this year, heading into Advent, that you'd like our listeners to know about at the parish? Oh, definitely we'll be having an Advent retreat, you know, that will be coming up probably in uh, November or uh, early December, so that uh, that will be the one of the first ones that we've had here at Mary Immaculate in a while. And uh, I'm hoping to get a great speaker. I have one in line. I just have to confirm with them before I make any announcement. But uh, we're definitely the Advent retreat is coming up, and then just uh, just uh, you know starting to get back to normal right mm-hmm. here at Mary Immaculate, where uh, the religious ed is meeting now twice a month instead of uh, twice a month in person and twice uh, a month in uh, virtually. But God willing, by the end, by the beginning of January, we'll be able to bring all the kids back to the parish full full time in person. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's such a good feeling. I, I do get that feeling that uh, things are starting to get normalized again, and it's 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 such an awesome feeling. I know everybody's very hungry for that. Uh, Father Alphonse Nazaro, the new pastor of Mary Immaculate Parish in Farmers Branch. Their website is maryimmaculatechurch.org, and if you put a forward slash fall festival after that. You can get all the information about the festival. Go out and support the parish. It's all for a good cause, and you'll have a lot of fun, and you'll eat really well <laughs> as well. Yeah. And get those animals blessed as well. You can bring your horse over there, and Father will be happy to bless it. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And also, you know, I, I almost forgot, October 5th, we have our open house for our Mary Immaculate School. Oh, okay. And uh, if you have a grandchild, or you have a child or a niece or a nephew that could really benefit from a Catholic education that's solid and uh, academic excellence and rigor, then uh, please come over and visit the school on October 5th. All right, lots going on. All right, Father Alphonse, thank you very much for your time, and thanks to Omar Aguilar, who lined this up. I'm sure he's listening, and so thanks, Omar. Uh, And, uh, Father, great to speak with you. Um, Let us know if we can be of any service to you in the future, okay? Oh, thank you, Dave. You guys do a fantastic job, and you're a blessing for our communities. Thanks so much, Father. Great great to talk with you. All right, uh, we are going to take a break, uh, a little break, and then we have uh, the interview of uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford with uh, Jim Moroni talking about a brand new program that I, that's a, co- a collaboration between the University of Dallas and I think the Diocese of Dallas in homiletics. And so I'm looking forward to hearing it. And so a quick break, and we'll be back with that right after this. Mark your calendars. St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Carrollton invites all KATH 910AM listeners to Autumn Fest on Saturday, October 9th. The event includes a silent auction, bingo, food, entertainment, and more. Funds raised will support the parish. For more information, contact Rosemary at rosarymarym at stcatherine.org. 
Hello, my name is Liz Mertz. My husband, Bill, and I own Mastertech Auto Repair in Plano. We are proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Mastertech is a full-service auto repair for all vehicles, from oil changes to complete engine replacement or transmission service. We are located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. Well, it's a pleasure to join you again, and I have a very special guest, James Maroney, who goes by Jim, who is doing great things in the Diocese of Dallas and has been doing great things for a long time. So as as our listeners know, we often focus on things that are happening within the University of Dallas. This time we're talking about something that's going to be happening at the University of Dallas but in partnership with our diocese and in partnership with the Catholic Foundation and in partnership with a remarkable man who has spearheaded a tremendous effort to um, raise awareness and focus and to solve a problem that's near and dear to the hearts of all of our listeners, which is uh, the improvement of preaching within our parishes. So welcome to the program, Jim. Uh, thank you, President Sanford. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on this uh, program with you. You know, I, I often like to uh, spend a little bit of time talking about the the passion that drives, um, whether it's a, a faculty member or recently we, we had a conversation with our new chaplain at the university, and and you clearly have a passion for your faith. You have a passion for um, the, the spoken word, um, both as it's professed in mass and, and as it's as it's described in a in a homily. Where where does that come from? What what drives you, Jim? Well, President Sanford, I have always been fascinated with oratory. Um, listened many times to the speeches of John F. Kennedy or Martin Luther King, uh, Winston Churchill, FDR, uh, people who moved um uh, people during important times with <clears throat> with their oratory, mm-hmm. and it always took me back to Jesus Christ, uh, who you know spent his ministry uh, basically using oratory, using his preaching in order to establish his new church mm-hmm. on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so wish we had recordings of that. I could only imagine. Uh, how marvelous it would be to hear him speak uh, in his own voice. Uh, but uh, I then, you know, continued to try to find that same preaching that I believe Jesus brought every moment of his earthly uh, ministry uh, to people. I, will, I keep wanting to find it mm-hmm. uh, in our churches, in our parishes, and I have to say, um, more often than not, I'm I'm pretty disappointed. You know, it's it's um, um, it, it, it's a tough thing in some ways to to articulate that challenge because, as you and I both know, we we are surrounded by truly dedicated priests who love the Word of God, who love their ministry. And, um, and, and here we're, we're articulating a, a criticism, and it's a criticism that, that um, um, a lot of people 
have had that that were not moved by um, by the homilies in in masses, and and there's a concern that that um, we're we're losing some of our young people because of that, and um, some of our uh, of our um, adults are are leaving the Catholic Church to to go to churches that have more vibrant preaching. And you know, what, one of the things that I found um, really helpful when when you and I began um, talking about this project, and um, you were looking at 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 some some data um, that the University of Dallas helped helped to collect, uh, not just from parishioners but but from priests themselves about the quality of of preaching. Could could you talk about that a little bit? What we found out? Yeah, just just sure quickly. Uh, the University of Dallas was. Uh, instrumental in putting together this research instrument. <clears throat> the, uh, the diocese uh, gave us the email addresses of all the parishioners for whom they had those, and we sent out <clears throat> this survey uh, both in English and in Spanish uh, to everybody in the diocese for whom we had the email address. We received over 3,000 completed surveys, and the point of it was the question that said, how would you grade the homily in your parish on a scale of A to F. And that answer came back C plus. But then you could say, well, we're a sacramental church and it is the mass, the center the focus, the purpose of the mass is the Eucharist. So maybe the homily just isn't that important to people. We asked three more questions. How important is the homily to your faith life, your Catholic faith life? How important is the homily to your participation in your parish? How important is the homily to your engagement in the Mass? To all three of those separate questions, over 85% said the homily was extremely or very important to their Catholic faith life, to their participation in their parish, and to their engagement in the Mass. I think that's all we need to know. We're giving our faithful a C-plus homily when for them it's extremely or very important to everything that's important about their Catholic faith life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that is um, a vitally significant point. And, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't introduce some of your, your background at the beginning, Jim, but when you were talking about your, your love for rhetoric, your love for oratory, and your ability to really um, help move people in significant ways, I mean, you, you have had a, a long history with, with the word, often published, but um, long-time, long-time um, CEO and, and president of the Dallas Morning News. You've been out of that business for some time now, but... Um, it, do you see a relationship between your your long career in um, publishing and yes. and this emphasis? Yes, I do. Um, really, <clears throat> at least half of my career was spent um, in the business of managing news based television stations in uh, seventeen cities across the United States, and we were always uh, interviewing uh, news anchor people, weather anchor people, sports anchor people, and their ability, again, to connect with an audience was something that that I studied. I mean, we had research and data and tried to say, why is this person connecting with the audience while this other person over there isn't? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's that was probably the another basis for this whole 
kind of um, fascination with with oratory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let, let's talk about what we're doing, right? So we we talked a little yep. bit about your passion. We've talked a little bit about how we've identified that that and 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 actually got some data to ground um, what a lot of people seem to have noticed anecdotally. Um, with challenges with with preaching, so what what are we doing? We're we're founding an institute that that is dedicated to improving the preaching of the current priests within the diocese of Dallas. And um, how how do you see this institute and 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 its work? Well, I see it doing exactly what uh, the survey uh, instrument we sent out said was our problem: the disconnect between what people need what they want, what they're aspiring to have from their <clears throat> preachers, their priests, <clears throat> excuse me, and and what they're receiving. So this institute, which I am so happy to say will be at the University of Dallas, um, will be the only place in the United States today mm-hmm. where a priest can go and find help in improving his preaching. Mm -hmm. And that is the singular focus. We're going to start with our priests here in the Diocese of Dallas with the great support of Bishop Burns and Bishop Kelly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, we want to expand this nationally. We want this to be the most important place in the United States where U.S. priests can go and get help improving their preaching, Mm -hmm. creating an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ through their homily at the Sunday Mass. I I know that we're not going to make everyone Martin Sheen, but we we are um, going to be, uh, I say Martin Sheen, Fulton Fulton Sheen. Sheen. It's it's all right. right. Not not, not Martin Sheen either, right? Not Martin Sheen either. (laughs) For sure not that. (laughs) We're not going to make everybody Fulton Sheen, goodness gracious. Uh, Uh, But we can can take a C-plus and make it a B-plus. I know that. Right. I, I I do too, and and you know it's it's funny how providence works sometimes. Um, this this was coming together this initiative to to found a homiletics institute while the university was putting together its latest strategic plan, and um, one of our three principal pillars is finding new ways to be of service to our church and to our country. And this homiletics institute just fits perfectly into the the, the fundamental work of the University of Dallas. But it's 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 a unique project. Um, it's been exciting to be a part of this because um, we we have you as as a layman who's who's not officially attached to the University of Dallas, who um, you know uh, certainly belong to the diocese of Dallas, and, and Bishop Burns has been has been a, a great support for this initiative, and then the Catholic Foundation, where where the the funds that have been raised, so we this this whole institute is um, going to be funded by dollars that have been raised through your efforts in particular and, and Chris Kramer's um, to um, make sure that this is a permanent institute, that it's sufficiently funded. The money will be sitting at the, the Catholic Foundation, but the, the institute itself will be at the University of Dallas. So it's, it's, it's been a, um, a remarkable partnership, and it shows – what we can do when we we don't stay just within our own particular institution or lane, but 
but collaborate with other people of good faith to uh, solve problems that are of um, real significance to the lives of the faithful. I'll say the only thing I'll just emphasize is the the fact that this is a permanent endowment. We raised eight million of the ten million dollars that we will raise initially um, gives this uh, institute um, deep roots as it begins. Mm -hmm. It's not going to require the director to go out and be fundraising every week to try to pay the bills tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, the annual funding will be secured through this endowment. Uh, it's also not taxing mm-hmm. the university's uh, own funds for which there are so many uh, needs. Um, and so I think in, in a way from all the donors, uh, from me, from Chris, uh, uh, it, it's a gift to the university that I believe is going to be wonderful for the Institute uh, as a place to drop you know, take down and put those roots down permanently, but also um, important for increasing the visibility and the people visiting uh, from across the United States, the campus of the University of Dallas. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's without a doubt a, a, a tremendous blessing to the University of Dallas, and um, we're just grateful to be part of this this essential work. You know, um, we're we're going to be sending out a, a press release celebrating our new executive director and and i think the date for that release is october 4th which uh for for those of you who who don't know that's the feast of of saint francis who was given the charge Mm -hmm. of rebuilding our our church and um uh rebuilding christ's church i should say right it was it was uh, (laughs) specifically um listening to the the voice of god that that saint francis was motivated so that that evangelistic spirit um um, that that is really what what drives good homiletics is tied to the the birth of this particular institute. But we we do have an executive director. She's already on contract and already uh, has hit the ground running, putting together plans. Um, and you know, uh, I'm 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 not sure whether uh, we want to say her name right now or not ahead of the press release. Jim, which is why I'm, I'm hedging a little bit. And, um, but, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about searching for the right person to, to run this institute and, and how we, we ended up with, with um, our new executive director. Well, President Sanford, I, don't, I do believe that this, uh, this is out. Um, uh, it, it was published in the Texas Catholic. Ah, okay, good, good, so good. Well, you know, I should, I, okay, good. Let's, let's, let's proceed talking about I, Dr. Carla you Bellinger. Have, you have a lot to be doing running a university. I'm, I'm a retired businessman, so I read it yesterday. Okay, great. But in any case, uh, it's Carla Bellinger. She was the uh, person really running the day-to-day operations of what was called the Martin Program at the University, uh, at the, uh, at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and uh, this Institute, this program, Martin program, had a similar focus, teaching priests to be better preachers. In fact, we had, I would say, almost 20 uh, deacons and priests from our own parish go through her program. And while we were doing all this work, we sought her advice, we sought her counsel. We interviewed the priests and the deacons that went up there, and to a person they gave the program and her nothing but blowing reports. Mm-hmm. The funding for that program from the Lilly Foundation ran out. And uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, 
remade. So uh, I guess in a sense she became a free agent, but she quickly began work with one of the uh, Catholic homiletic uh, groups. And uh, I didn't think we'd be able to attract her, but towards the close of the search, she said she had been praying and, and praying and the Holy Spirit told her this is her work. Yeah. And so we were happy to um, offer her the job. I would tell you it puts us at least a year ahead in getting this up and running because she's done it and knows right. how to do it. And she comes with a wonderful uh, resume and reputation and will be attracting priests uh, from around the country, I think, in October. Right. She's doing a convocation with a priest in the state of Utah. Mm -hmm. Maybe the first time a woman has led mm -hmm. a convocation of priests uh, in our uh, U.S. Catholic Church. And uh, I just wanted to emphasize her credentials uh She's going to be great. You know, I, I, I've spent some time with her. She, she is remarkable. She's visionary. And you're right. She has done this before. And in fact, we, we have got a number of priests in our diocese. And, and they're priests who are celebrated for their excellent preaching, who took advantage of that Martin Institute some years ago. And they, they could not speak more highly of her. And when, when we were um, going through the search, and it, it took some time because this is a tall order, and uh, for a while, we, we thought, well, um, maybe we need to, to find a priest to do this work. Yep. And what, what became evident as we were going through that process is having somebody who's, who's in the pew, so to speak, but has real expertise and has done this before and is recognized as a, an international leader in the field of homiletics do this work has all kinds of advantages that we we just had overlooked when we when we started with the search and i just feel like we've we found the needle in the haystack with with dr carla <laughs> bellinger so i i couldn't agree more i'm so excited she's on board she's hard at work already we're talking daily uh and uh, more we more i talk more i listen to her the more excited i get mm -hmm. yeah yeah, there's there's going to be a, a lot of good around this. You know, what what one of the things we're, we're focused, like laser focused on improving preaching first in the diocese of Dallas and then beyond. And you're right, this this is a, a truly unique institute. There is no place now um, in the United States where priests can turn for this kind of focused uh, study of how to improve their their teaching. But there's there's another feature to this that. Um, Although it's it's not the principal focus, it seems to me of of great value as well, and and that is that our priests won't be moving through this program in an isolated fashion. Um, they'll they'll be engaged with each other in a in a cohort model, and um, that means they'll have opportunities to really build their fraternity with each other. And and I I do think that that some of the challenges that our our priests are facing today is the extreme isolation that many of them experience where they're they're sometimes serving multiple parishes they're they're absorbed and they're by themselves oftentimes in in the work of caring for the souls within this diocese and they don't have many opportunities to build up fraternity with each other and through this program those opportunities will be presented in a way that is tied so closely to their, their principal work as proclaimers of the of the word of God. Yeah, you know, you uh, you have children uh, as boys at Cistercian. I've had 
boy, that's a scourge. And I graduated from there and I was able to see daily mm-hmm. the power of that fraternity, the power of the community of those monks living together and what it, what it did for them singularly and what it did for them as a whole. And you're so right. Our priests today have so many duties on them. Uh, Bishop Kelly talks about, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, he's becoming a priest. There were 250,000 Catholics in the diocese and 200 priests. Today there's 1.25 million Catholics and there's about 225 priests. Yeah. Um, the, the workload on these men is uh, just remarkable. Yes. Uh, and uh, if I think they, they will be able to have some fraternity, because uh, they will work in cohorts with fellow priests in the diocese, and hopefully that cohort, which will be together for a year, will extend beyond that time so That's they can right. reach out when they have someone they need to talk to, visit with, ask questions about, just bounce things off of. I think it could be one of the real... You know, benefits that aren't necessarily something that we planned right. uh, when we got this started. You know, the, going back to the, the, the point of, of timing again, um, this, is, this is the right time. One of the things that, that Bishop Burns has shared with me on several occasions is um, we, we need to um, re-evangelize um, our, um, our lay faithful, particularly coming after this, this period of, of covid um, some people are coming back to church. Some people aren't. People need to be reminded of why our faith is so fundamental to um, what it is to be a flourishing human being. They need to be inspired. And um, coming into a mass and hearing excellent preaching is going to be so essential to to that work. Yeah, I, I, if I could, I'll just do a short story that's true that happened just yesterday. Because mm-hmm. um, you talked about losing our young people, people not finding that inspirational message. Mm-hmm. And she has been going to the Methodist church where she was finding an inspirational message. Mm-hmm. And she went down to a, uh, a mass, uh, went down to a wedding, I'm sorry, in the San Antonio area and heard a Father Flanagan who did the the mass, uh, the wedding mass. And she was so inspired. And she came back and said to me last night, dad, uh, you know, the person I listened to at the Methodist church has come ill and probably won't be preaching. Where could I go hear a good sermon at a Catholic church? Hmm. And I said, well, uh, you could go listen to father Edwin out in Coppell. She said, dad, how about something a little closer? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said, well, um, how about coming with me and listening to Father Ryan at Holy Trinity? Yeah. And that's very close to where we are. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, I don't know which mass he's preaching at. So last night before going to bed, I sent him an email saying, would you tell me which mass you're preaching at? Yeah. And I believe this is the moment the Holy Spirit has created for me to bring her back to the Catholic faith. Wow. And yet I have to, you know, dial her out to Capel or hope I get the right celebrant at Holy Trinity, and I go back and say, you know, it, we can be better than this. We had the original greatest preacher ever mm-hmm. who established our church mm-hmm. with St. Peter, and there's an, an undivided succession to Pope Francis today and to Bishop Kelly and to Bishop Burns, yeah. and we need to honor that great tradition that Jesus gave to his church That's right. and to his disciples to go out to the ends of the earth and 
you know, baptize people in the right. name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But I know before they baptized him, they were preaching to him. Right. And uh, we need to be able to think I could success. I could walk into virtually any Catholic church mm-hmm. with a person thinking about joining the Catholic faith and reliably expect to hear a good sermon. Yeah. I don't think I don't think President Sanford that's too much to ask. Mm-hmm. So we got to get to work on it. Well, thank you for sharing that that beautiful story, and uh, you've, you've given us something to pray about, um, pray for um, at at the same time, Kelly. Um, and okay, um, so prayers for Kelly and and that journey. And you're right. I mean, what one one thing that I know to be the case is that every priest wants to be that inspiring preacher. And what we need is to arm them with the wherewithal, with with the tools of the trade. And so building upon that desire, that original inspiration they had to, to proclaim the word of Jesus Christ and to bring people into his church um, is, is going to be met with precisely what one needs in order to uh, do that work well of proclaiming the word, of preaching the word. So I, I just want to thank you, Jim, for the the um, um, the inspirational ways in which you have driven this process we we there's no way we would have um, been able to to have the financial support to found this institute um, you've you've I know uh, spent a lot of time with a lot of people um, of means within the diocese of Dallas you've shared your vision you've inspired them this this is truly a a diocese wide effort that is going to be of tremendous support to our own diocese and to the church in the United States and beyond. So thank you for for your tremendous efforts in support of excellent preaching. Well, thank you. And just two very short last things. You already did it, but I need to acknowledge Chris Kramer, who's been on this journey with me step by step. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, we wouldn't be here today without her. And finally, I, I, am so proud and so um, I believe so much in every priest in our diocese. I know they are doing everything they can to bring people to the faith, keep people in the faith. uh, And we're here to help them Mm -hmm. and um, not to wag our finger at them. Uh, We're here to help them. That's right. Good. Well, um, thank you very much, our listeners. Please, please keep a keep keep a lookout um, for the Homiletics Institute at the University of Dallas, and let's all pray for our priests. Thanks very much. Thank you, President Sample. All right, uh, that's going to do it for today's uh, good news show here on KTH nine ten a.m. And uh, let's see, stay tuned for some live broadcasts coming up this weekend from Mary Immaculate Parish and the following weekend, October 9th, we think probably at uh, St. Catherine of Santa and St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Keller. And of course, uh, our big 15th anniversary radio program is going to be Friday, October 8th, next Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. We want you to call in live on that program and let us know uh, your favorite memory of Catholic Radio or how Catholic Radio has blessed you these first 15 years. Thanks to Cecil and thanks to Diane. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a great rest of your Monday. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show. 
here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show. KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. All of it. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at www.chesterton.org.